Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. I just want to welcome you guys uh, to our relationship series. This is the kickoff week one. We've been doing this for over 15 years. Yes, we have. Yes. Can you believe it? Yes, yes, yes. And if you're a first-time guest, we just want to say welcome. Stay standing. We're going to read the word. Yeah. So go ahead and stay standing with us. Um, but yeah, we have been doing this for 15 years, been married now for almost 19 years, together for 22 yeah. years, three incredible kids. Best 19 years of my wife's life. And, and so it begins. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're just, we just know that this kind of resource and this kind of series, it really does just bless the families of our church. And yeah. we just believe that healthy families means healthy society. And a healthy society means a healthy nation. Yeah. And so we just believe as a church family, we just want to keep coming alongside of you to equip you, yeah. empower you um, through the word of God to be all that he's called you to be. And so, yeah. Yeah. Why don't we say together, lean on me. Lean on me. When you're not strong. When you're not strong. I'll be your friend. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. I'll help you carry on. Come on, let's read some scripture. Proverbs chapter 9, then we're going to pray, then we're going to sit. Proverbs 9, verse 1, it's really a theme text. It says this, wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. Someone say pillars. Pillars. She has prepared her mead and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She sent out her servants and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house notice the invitation to those who have no sense she says come eat my food drink the wine of mix leave your simple ways and you'll live walk in the way of inside come on let's pray together uh, if you're with your spouse you can hold hands if you're a boyfriend girlfriend you can hold hands father i thank you for every person here i thank you for our kids in our kids space those who watch online right now those who listen later on a podcast but i thank you for every man every woman in this room right now. Holy Spirit, we need your help. Yeah. We declare at the very start of this series that we're praying more than anything else, Lord, that marriages and homes and thinking and lives would be strengthened and anointed. Lord, that things from the past would leave in the past and yeah. there would be a new hope and there'd be a new future yeah. for many. Yeah. I pray, Holy Spirit, there would be a breath of fresh oil, a, a fresh breath across this place in Jesus' name, that you would speak to single people and dating people, engaged, married, whatever stage of life. Lord, more than anything else, I pray you'd speak and I know your word brings strength. In the mighty name of Jesus, why don't we pray this prayer? Say, dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. Speak to my heart. Speak to my heart. Change my life. Change my life. I declare today. I declare today. I can become. I can become. All you desire. All you desire. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everyone said. Amen. 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 Grab your seat. So this scripture that we just read is not your classic relationship series, but as I was praying about this series in the last couple of weeks, I really felt this sense of an importance of pillars. Someone say pillars. Pillars. Uh, you notice from the text, wisdom has thrown a party 
And he's actually invited everyone to the party. It's set it up beautifully with food and wine and steak and all kinds of good things are at the table. But before wisdom ever invites you to the party, what's interesting is she sets the environment and she makes sure that there are pillars. Pillars aren't the goal of a relationship, but they're actually the thing that holds the relationship together. It creates the space. Someone say create some space. Create some space. Here's the thing about pillars. Pillars don't accidentally happen. Pillars don't fall from the sky. Pillars don't meet the right building and just fall in love with that building. They're not made in a day. They're chosen and then shaped through work and value. And so it is with great families. Great families don't just happen. Can I get a good amen? So the title of this message today is called Establish. And so we want to come alongside of you as your pastors to help establish those pillars in your relationship. And we're going to read Psalm 90, verse 17. It's a prayer from Moses. It's interesting because David wrote a lot of the Psalms, but we see Moses peek in here in a Psalm. And, and this was his prayer to the Lord. He said, may the favor of the Lord, our God, rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And, and you might be asking the question, so then who establishes my relationships? Do I do the establishing or does God do the establishing? And the truth is it's both. Yeah. God invites us to co-labor with him in what he's building. Yeah. And so together with the help of the Lord and with his hand and with yeah. his favor, we establish healthy, blessed, vibrant relationships. Relationships. Yeah. And so um, the first thing we need to establish then in the beginning of this series is that we need help. Say it with me. We need help. <laughs> we need help. Come on, say it one more time. We need help. And we really just want to ask the Lord to put his super on our natural. Yep. You're going to hear in a few moments some of the statistics. And you might be a little discouraged as you hear those or see those on the screen. But when we put God and when we invite God to establish the work of our hands, he puts his super on our natural. Yep. He puts That's his right. blessing. He oh. puts his hand. He puts his favor on what sometimes feels like a broken mess. Yep. When we invite him in, it's incredible to see see how he does move us or establish yeah. that foundation in That's our right. homes and in our lives. Here's a couple of uh, statistics for you. Almost 50% of all marriages in the United States will end up in divorce or separation. The USA has the fourth highest rate of divorce in the world. That's not the stat we kind of want, right? Uh, researchers estimate that 41% of all first marriages end in divorce. You think you'd get it right the second time. The, um, actually, this is... The, Statistics from the CDC, 60% of second marriages end in divorce, 73% of all third marriages end in divorce. If a person has strong religious beliefs, this is interesting, the risk of divorce drops by 14% less. Having no religious affiliation makes you 14% more likely to get divorced. Um, why are people getting divorced? Uh, lack of commitment. This was um, a large study done where they're asking the couples, why did you get divorced? Uh, a lack of commitment was the highest. Argue too much, 56%. Infidelity, 55%. Married too young. Unrealistic expectations, 45%. Lack of equality in the relationship, 44%. Lack of preparation for marriage, 41%. And domestic violence or abuse, 25%. Uh, this is why people are getting divorced. 
Here's a, another interesting statistic I heard from Pastor Mark Driscoll. He said this, 8% of Christian couples pray together regularly. Someone say 8%. 8%. But out of those that do, those that pray together, less than 1% get divorced. Let that statistic just sit in us for a moment and say, man, if I was a betting man, if I, if I went to the place, if I went down to the, the, where is it, the Jersey Shore, you go to that place and you gamble. Atlantic City. Atlantic City, there you go. I don't even know where it is. Shows you that how place. much I've been there. If I told you you had to cross a river and there was 50% chance a crocodile was going to eat you. But then I said, but if you wear this life jacket, if you put it on, as ugly as it is, as humbling as it is, there'll be a 1% chance that a crocodile is going to eat you. How many of you are going to put on this ugly thing? The rest of you. <laughs> There's always that one guy. <laughs> that one dude. You're like, come on, man. <laughs> um, let me say it again. Christian couples that pray together get divorced 1% of the time. Prayer is an important pillar to establish in marriage. And so what we want to do at the start of this series is to assume that maybe a ton of us don't pray together. And what we want to do is we want to establish prayer as the pillar in your home. Proverbs 16 verse 3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do. And what's He going to do? He, he will what? He will what? Establish. He will establish your plans. And what does this look like? Real practically, it might mean a minute in the morning. It might mean a minute at lunchtime. It might be at the end of the day. It might be as you eat dinner together as a family just to invite God into the mix. And I want to encourage you, if you regularly pray as a couple, why don't you even add every couple to our church throughout this whole series? Because our heart's desire is that people come to our church and get stronger, healthier relationships, healthier marriages marriages, and that that starts with actually saying, God, maybe we need your help. Yeah, that's good. Does that make sense? And without a consistent prayer life, um, at least I found this, and I think the Word teaches this so, so powerfully, it's so easy to keep offenses. You know, like there's times in the last, you know, 18, 19 years of being married where obviously some mornings, you know, like... You know, he may have ticked me off a little bit, you know, and so... You mean I wasn't perfect? No, baby, you weren't perfect. <laughs> Dang it. Surprise, surprise. But, you know, and it's funny because in the morning, it's when I like to have my time with the Lord. It doesn't mean you have to have it in the morning, but that's when I like to have it because no. I'm actually not falling asleep like 9 o'clock at night. But uh, there's times where maybe if we left and or he left and it wasn't, you know, maybe the perfect, beautiful, romantic atmosphere that morning, as soon as I open the Word and I go to pray, it's almost like the Lord doesn't let me continue praying. It's almost like call your husband, you know, tell him to say sorry to you. No, just kidding. <laughs> Make him hey. ask for forgiveness for his crazy ways. Just yeah. kidding. Just kidding. Um, it is your fault most of the time though. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm <laughs> just kidding. 
Jokes, 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 you know, you know, I have them too. I'm not as funny as him, but, um, but the truth is so often um, when we go to the Lord and the word tells us if you have a gift and you come to the altar and you have something against someone, go deal with that. Yeah. And so, you know, prayer does protect your heart yeah. against offense. And so if you are constantly, if you're a woman or a man of prayer, it will help you from keeping yeah, offense. It will help you yeah. from maintaining an atmosphere in your home where it's yeah. not tense, where it's not, you know, hard. You want your kids to really, you know, experience an atmosphere of peace in your home. And if there's that's always right. strife, yeah. then that's a problem. But yeah. prayer keeps us humble. Prayer keeps us seeking yeah. the hand, the heart, and the favor of God. And it keeps us humble and it keeps yeah, us gentle. That's right. Yeah. Um, prayer establishes forgiveness as normal, not abnormal. Yeah. For the, for the Christian Prayer should not be, sorry, forgiveness should not be abnormal. That's it right. should be very, very yeah. normal. This is what we do. Why? Because Christ forgave us so much, so we must be able to forgive. Yeah. And I love that the Lord comes alongside our marriage mm. and helps us, yeah. confronts my wife when she's wrong, encourages me when I'm right. I like, I love that. It's like Day he's and my night, buddy. Babe. He's, he's helping me. Talk. He's my support. He's <laughs> like, I've got you, dog, you know. I don't know if he's ever said dog, but anyway. I think it's time to build the dog house. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who let the dogs? Anyway. <laughs> But the truth is, you know, I remember for years, you know, being a pastor, you've heard couples say, man, like, I grew up in a home that no one said I'm sorry. My yeah. parents never said sorry to each other. They never said sorry to us. And so one of the things we want to cultivate in our home, and I've had to do this with my kids when I perhaps was less than patient or less than whatever, I've, you know... Yeah teaching them the way of saying sorry. Sorry yeah. should be normal because we're not perfect. Like yeah. my husband thinks he's perfect, but you yeah. know what I mean? It is important to cultivate, you know, the word sorry, the word please forgive me. You know, it's such an important thing. And also with prayer, and this has just been in my heart a lot. I don't know why. I feel like the Lord is just stirring something in me. One of the things we want to cultivate in our church family is this notion of a hunger for God. Like, right. the truth is this, so many people treat God like the genie in the bottle, and then they leave God the moment that wish isn't coming true. Yeah, that's right. But that, God is so much more than just perhaps a prayer request. Not yeah. to say your prayer request isn't important. Yeah. Not to say there aren't some significant things that you're presenting to the Lord. Yeah. But God is so much. Yeah. God doesn't just have love. He is love. Yeah, he amen. is faithful. Yeah. He is kind. He is merciful, full yeah. of grace. And, and the thing is we so much sometimes in a church culture especially in the western world we come to God because of what he could do for us but man can I just stir you to start praying God would you give me a hunger for yes. you yeah. would you help me hunger and thirst for you yeah. not just for what you can give me but yeah. I want to know who you are because as right. I discover who you are God then I become more like you his word says be imitators therefore of God so how do we imitate God unless yeah. we know him yeah. and so one of the challenges that we want to give you as our church family is, God, would you just stir in me a hunger for you? Yeah, would you on. stir in me a yeah. thirst for you? Because as you hunger yeah. and thirst yeah. for God, you there's something inside of you that will expand love, yeah. peace, grace, mercy, all yeah. the things that we need to have a supernatural relationship. Yeah. So I would love to encourage you along that notion. Instead of God, what can you do for me? God, how can you stir me to know you and yeah. hunger and thirst for yeah. you? It's 
it's so important. Yeah. You know, the truth is God comes to where he's desired. God comes to where he is desired. Yeah. And so if you desire him in your home, if you desire him in your marriage, if you're yeah. single in here, you can desire God in your, in your season of singleness. Right. If you're a young person in here and you're going to school and you have your convictions of God's word, desire for God to meet you in that place yeah. of singleness, in yeah. that school environment. Perhaps there's peer pressure. I don't know your story, your journey, where you're at, yeah. but invite God in and what that basically means. It's like saying, God, I welcome you into every decision that we make as a family. I welcome you in every decision we make in our business. I, yeah. I want your presence to fill my home. I want your word to be the thing that builds my family. Yeah, very good. Um, let, me, let me go here. Through prayer, you start to establish the habit of hearing the Holy Spirit. Um, He's called Emmanuel, God with us. There's so many times in our marriage that we have, through small decisions, big decisions, medium-sized decisions, had to say, hey, I'm feeling like the Lord's saying this to me, and I'll often say this to my wife, I feel like the Lord put this in my heart, and it's a good test um, that I'll process it. If I'm not sure it's God, I'll, I'll throw it her way, and we'll talk about it, and we'll pray about it together. Uh, this happened when it came to our kids, and where, sh where should we take our kids? This happens in times of the believe and build a, a commitment of those type of moments. It, it happens in small moments, in big moments, in leadership decisions. It happens all the time. God will speak to us through dreams. God will speak to us in numerous different moments. Um, but don't underestimate the nearness and the thereness of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I want to say this, if you're single, you're never not building your character. You've got to understand this about pillars. You're never not building a pillar in your life. You're actually never not building your foundation. You're never not building it. And, and we fail as humans, obviously, and that's why there's mercy and there's grace. But I do want to save you pain. Yeah. One of my jobs, I feel like, as a person who loves to give wisdom to people is I feel like wisdom saves you pain. Yeah. So I'm for you. Wisdom's for you. And the, the sooner you realize that your character matters... Because how many of you want to marry a person of character? Yes. Right? You're like, no, I want to marry a liar and, a, and an addicted, just a loser. No, no, no. Right? I want to be with someone who is great. That's the truth. Therefore, you've actually got to look on the inside and say, God, what are the cracks? Where do you need to speak to me about the blind spots and the yeah. things that I'm not seeing so that he can establish something great in you? And the earlier you do that, I just want to promise you this, the earlier you do that, um, the more God can build something significant in your life. Yeah, that's so good. All right, we're going to shift to the second pillar that we want to talk to you about today. It's the pillar of honor. The pillar of honor. And the truth is we need to work to establish the culture of our home or we'll end up with something far less than we desire. Yeah. Culture is so important. You can have a good culture or a bad culture. You can have a culture of tearing each other down, a culture of criticism, a culture of dishonor. But if you want to cultivate in your home, if you want the aroma of your home to smell good, to feel good, yeah. to be welcoming, then you have to intentionally cultivate, create, and establish a culture of honor yeah. in your home. And so having a culture of honor, it's basically having a culture of celebration and 
and praise more than there are compl uh, com complaints and corrections. So yeah. I'll say that again. Having a culture of honor is having a culture of celebration and praise. There yeah. are more compliments than there are complaints. There's yeah. more moments of celebration instead of moments of correction. If you are in a home and it's constant, constant criticism or it's mm. constant correction, yeah. what you're always doing wrong, who knows, yeah. that's an environment that's hard to come home to. Yeah, that's that's right. an environment that feels tense. That's an yeah. environment where you never feel like you're, you're enough, that you're never gonna you know, uh, you know, achieve much in that environment. That's yeah. why so many times, ladies, if you're constantly berating your husband, it's constant criticism, constant correction. Yeah. It's why he doesn't wanna come home and he stays late at work sometimes. It's why maybe he's addicted to video games or pornography, or maybe that's why he goes to drinking because if he feels like a failure at home, he's gonna stick to what he's good at. And right. if he's not good at home, he's not gonna wanna come home. That's right. And so yeah, we need to word. cultivate, and you might be like, but you don't know my husband, Pastor Miriam. I have to criticize, I have to complain. <laughs> you don't know what I'm living with. Yeah. Well, maybe if you start speaking life, maybe if you yeah. start speaking celebration words over him, yeah. maybe if you start seeing him like God sees him, he'll rise to your speech come instead on. of go lower to your criticism. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's so important that we do that. You know, uh, there's this phrase, I say it often to our leaders, I say it to the different young um, women that I mentor. It says, I say this often, it's being a raving fan publicly about your spouse and an honest critic privately. Yeah. You know, I've seen people do this in, in different like double dates, triple dates, you know, group dates, whatever, and all of a sudden one couple will start like going at it or they're putting each other down and they're yeah. just condescending and they think it's funny, but it's yeah. like, this is awkward, get me out of here. And so make sure you're celebrating your spouse in front of others. Make sure you're singing their praises yeah. in front of others. It doesn't mean you won't go home and not have to have a conversation at times of, of places where you need to grow and improve. Yeah. Um, but it is important that we cultivate that kind of culture of honor that we want in our home. And yeah. we do that by watching what we create, what you allow, you create. Yeah. Think about it that way. What you allow, you create. Yeah. If you allow people to talk to you a certain way, you've just created a culture where people can just talk to you the way they want to. If you allow your kids to talk back at you, yep. you allowed that. You created that culture in your home. What you allow, yeah. you create. What yeah. you ignore stays the same. Yeah, that's right. What you ignore stays the same. What you celebrate, though, gets repeated. And yeah. so with building a culture, what are you allowing? What voices are you allowing to build that? Are you allowing music to be the thing that builds your marriage? I hope not, especially the music that's out there today. It's disgusting. It's not repre representative of an honor of cult a culture of honor. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's novels that we read. It's so unrealistic. Different friendships. Be careful what your friends says about your spouse. Like if yeah. your friend's always putting down on marriage, yeah. maybe that friendship it's not good for you. Yeah. Have people that are for marriage, people who are for you. Yeah. One of the interesting statistics I read recently as I was reading some through some of this information was if your friend is getting a divorce, statistics are you're more likely to get a divorce. Wow. And the, so hang out with someone who's got a good marriage. Yeah. Hang out with someone who's not criticizing marriage all the time. Oh, I'm stuck in this, you know, ball trap. I've got a ball and chain yeah. on my leg. Um, no, just be, you've got to, you literally have to cut certain things off in your mind and go, I'll take on a different spirit. That's right. You know, one of the things we have to be wary about <clears throat> is a culture of perfection. 
Mm. No one will ever be perfect. And sometimes we want our wife to be this perfect wife, this perfect whatever. And we want our husbands to be this perfect whatever. And sometimes yeah. in that constant criticism and that constant culture of correction, you actually wind up diminishing the very thing that our yeah. speech is supposed to lift yeah. up. And so you're, like I mentioned before, your spouse will rise or fall to the level of your speech. And so being critical attacks the person yeah. while bringing up a complaint sometimes actually seeks to solve a problem. And, you know, years ago, I had a good friend of ours who's like a son to us say something so interesting. And I didn't realize I was doing this. And we were in a conversation. We're very close with this um, person. And, and we were in the middle of a conversation. And we were just disagreeing about something. And the way I was talking was very, like, attacking. And the person's like, Ma, you're so attacking. And I was like, whoa. It's just the way the person said that. I was like, am I? And I remember writing it down in a post-it, like, mm. don't be attacking. And I actually have that on my, my yeah. corkboard. I went back home to Anthony. I'm like, do I come across this way? He's like, you sure do. <laughs> and I was like, oh, OK. And so I remember And then that. I left home for the night. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> and I just remember actually repenting of that. Yeah. Can we bring repentance into our marriage? Repenting yeah. when we have bad attitudes, repenting when we speak negatively, yeah. repenting when we attack instead of celebrate. And, yeah. and I just remember going to the, now, did I change overnight? No, but I was mindful of that. Right. I was like, Lord, help me not have this way about the way I communicate uh, yeah. something I don't like or whatever. Yeah. And, and so that was a journey for me. And I kept that little post-it for years, actually, in my little corkboard. And I would look at it whenever something would like, you know, tick me off a little bit. I'm like... <laughs> Do not attack. Do not attack. Be gentle. Yeah. Be kind, you know? And, and the good. Lord did a work, and I've, I've grown in that, babe, right? Yes. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> We're bringing honor back. <laughs> and all uh, you know, just kidding. <laughs> all right. You want me to go, or do you Is want to go? Is it my turn or your turn? I don't know. It could be my turn if you want. You know, create an atmosphere. <laughs> of culture and celebration. And one of the ways we do that is by learning to admire your spouse. Yeah. If you're always picking, nitpicking at what they're not doing, yeah. instead of finding the things, yeah. learn to fall in love again. Learn to love them for the things that they're yeah. doing well. Yeah. Celebrate that. And, and, Bring and I admiration. I would say this, especially this week. Yeah. Good. And what I mean by that is um, you've got to put more money in the bank than you take out. That's right. Right? So... You may come to a relationship series and you leave the relationship series and then all of a sudden you want to fix everything. You're like, we're going to fix stuff. We're just going to, we're going to talk and Bless we're going to fix it. And, <laughs> and, um, but I think you actually have to start looking for the ways to compliment so that you can add to the bank account and then you can yeah. have some of the tougher conversations that are probably needed and then it's almost like you're withdrawing from the bank account. But fill it up on compliments yeah, first. Fill it up on honor first. Mm. Thank God for what they are doing. Um, unless it's in such a terrible place in the marriage that you just go, you know what, we just need to see a counsel right now. Yeah. Um, so I just think that's a word for someone. That is good. Um, Proverbs chapter 31, verse 28 says this. It's, it's the famous passage of scripture around the Proverbs 31 woman. But I want you to notice this. Her children arise and call her blessed. So the children are complimenting this woman. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. I want you to notice for a moment that the man is bringing praise to his wife. 
compliments to his wife. She is literally an incredible entrepreneur, business leader. This woman, Proverbs 31, rock and rolls. I mean, she is significant. But notice that he's bringing praise, right? Uh, so often in dating, we can compliment so well. We can, we can kind of, men hunt pretty well. But then they kind of put the deer up on the wall and then they no longer hunt. And what I want to encourage you and encourage myself always is this. When you're bringing a culture of honor, you are rejecting passivity. Yeah. Honor is actually the opposite of passivity. Say that with me. Honor, honor is the opposite, is the opposite of passivity. Of passivity. Um, when you honor someone, you're giving weight. You're giving value to what they have done and who they are. Ephesians 5 says, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Christ, who is the perfect man, modeled manhood, here's what he did. Christ did the chasing. Christ went first. Christ got uncomfortable. Christ paid the price. And he honored us when we didn't deserve honor. Wow. Mm, that's good. Um, let me say it again. Honor is the opposite of passivity. And most marriages have to, most men have to war against passivity in their own soul. Uh, because of the fall, one of the greatest things you have to do is war against passivity in your soul. And I would say for women, we have to war against control. We tend to want to control our spouse, control our homes. And so while men will retreat, isolate, or just become passive, yeah. us women, we're like, well, since he's not going to do anything, I'm going to control this whole thing. And yeah. so it becomes, we start doing what we're not wired to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to what Proverbs 18 verse 9 says. I thought this was so interesting. It says, whoever is slack in his work is a brother to him who destroys. Let me paraphrase that. Whoever is passive, passive in his own family is brother to him who destroys. Hear that again. Let this sink in. Whoever's passive in his own family is brother to him who destroys. And the statistics are this, that it's actually, I think it's either 68 or 72% of women, they're the ones that seek divorce, not the men, because sometimes they just get tired of the passivity that he doesn't fight for anything anymore except the football or the basketball game that he's watching. He's cheering for another team. Preaching to someone. He's cheering for another team that'll never know his name, never give him a dollar. Actually, you give them the money. You buy their t-shirts, wear their hats, put their sweaters on, but you're not fighting for your own family. And the greatest touchdown of families is men who get vision back and women who get vision back for their families. I love sports, I really do, and I believe in leisure and pleasure and all that kind of stuff. But it frustrates me, to be really honest, that we have a whole generation watching everyone else compete while they're not competing at home. And we have to kill, it's a passive spirit, right? It's easy to celebrate because it's easy to rejoice when, you know, that guy dunks it and, and your team's winning and college basketball and all that kind of stuff. But what if, how's your home doing? Whoever's passive in his own family is brother to him who destroys. Let me just remind you of this. Pillars don't accidentally happen. Pillars don't fall from the sky. 
Pillars don't meet the right building and just fall in love with that building. Um, pillars are chosen and then shaped through work. Great families don't just happen. So let, let us give you kind of two challenges for the series. How many of you could pray together daily? Put up your hand. That's the challenge. I, I really want to just start. At the start of this series, more than anything else, I felt like, man, we can say a lot of stuff and there's all kinds of, you can quote Dr. Phil till you're blue in the face and you can quote John Gottam, the, the expert on marriages, and you can quote all kinds of different people. But at the end of the day, if you don't have the oil of God helping your heart and helping your mind, it's kind of empty sometimes. And so I just want to encourage us as a church family to start praying with one another for one minute. And I want to encourage the men to lead the way. And even for us this week, um, we had some pretty big things, great things happen this week. And, and you might think, oh, me and Anthony just get on our knees and pray for an hour together and just like, you know, start praying kingdom come. <laughs> we don't do that. Um, you know, we have our private prayer for that. But there was numerous times this week we just grabbed our hands and we were just for 30 yeah. seconds for a minute giving God praise or giving yeah. him thanks or just committing a specific thing to him. And literally, yeah. prayer doesn't have to be this long-winded thing, but it's a moment of yeah. intentionality. And it's yeah. Like, Father, here we are together, and we present this to yeah. you, and we give this to you, and we praise yeah. you. And, and it's just simple. It doesn't yeah. have to be complicated, but it has to be authentic. Yeah. And it has to be full of surrender and trust in God. Yeah. And the other thing is this, where can you compliment? Yeah. Let's put some money in the bank. If you're married in here, you need to throw some money in the bank. And what's that? It's compliments. Don't even, look at what you can change. Yeah. Um, compliment. Even as, like, if you're single, maybe it's thanking your parents, you know? Like, if you're, like, yeah, hey, compliment your mom and dad for doing their best. Yesterday, we had yeah. a young man uh, from church, like one of my son's best friends, come over for dinner, and he was just raving about how his parents have changed since they've come to church alive. They've literally changed their lives. And he was yeah. like, my mom and dad, they've changed so much. My mom prays. He was just singing their praises. And I was like, yeah, yes. Wow. Like, we need a culture where children praise their parents and yeah. just celebrate their parents. And parents, celebrate your children. And, you know, sometimes you want perfect kids, but celebrate them. Celebrate yeah. the wins. Celebrate yeah. they made their bed. Put a party on for them. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, even among friends, you know, maybe you're not living at home anymore. But maybe just start celebrating your friends and pray, yeah. like, celebrate their journey with God. Hey, you left drugs. Or, hey, you left this lifestyle. Hey, yeah. you, you, you moved out of that guy's apartment because you want to live for God. Like, yeah, celebrate on. your friends. Celebrate yeah. each other. Encourage yeah. each other. Yeah. yeah, so good. Come on, why don't we pray? Every eye closed. I want us just for a moment just to pray for our entire church family. I want every married person to just pray for every marriage in our church. Maybe you're single, pray for single people. Maybe you're dating, pray for dating people. But just right now, I want us to pray for every family who comes to our church. We need God's help. He's the strength. Even right now, I'm gonna ask you to pray just for 20 seconds. Pray for every marriage across our church, every relationship across our church, that God's hand will be upon it in Jesus' name. Father, we 
every home, every man, every woman, every person dating engaged. We pray for every relationship. We pray in Jesus' name that you would strengthen and speak to them and guide them and God put gold in their hearts so that they value the greatest things, speak to them where they need it, help them push away the distractions and the multiple things that get our attention all the time, heal addictions in this place and heal struggles and heal hurts and God, things of the past that no one can change or no one can even heal but you. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to minister even now to this beautiful group of people right now. I pray for incredible vision for marriage, for relationships, for homes, for lives. Increase people's hope. Increase people's future. I pray in Jesus' name. Well, eyes are closed all across this place. Maybe you're here today and you've never met the King. The King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the one who created the heavens and the earth, created you for a relationship with Him. Sin tarred that, it messed it up. It was like a virus that spread to all. God saw that men couldn't get to Him, so... He went to them. The king came down 2,000 years ago and lived a perfect life, died a sacrificial, horrendous death, but didn't stay dead. All the philosophers and all the teachers in the history of mankind, they stayed in the grave. But Jesus, three days later, stepped out of the tomb. He said to his disciples, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. He made you individually. He calls you by name today. And for some of you, today could be the most important day of your life where you surrender your heart to him and say yes to the greatest invitation that has ever been given to humanity. The invitation of grace, we receive it by faith. As we turn to God in simple faith and say, God, I need you. I, I need your forgiveness. I need your, your, your cleansing. I want to be part of the family of God. I don't want to live life disconnected from you. I want your plan, not my plan. I want your purpose, not my purpose. So if that's you today, and you've never said yes to Christ, or maybe you have, and you've run away or fallen away and you feel like you need to rededicate your life to God. I'm going to pray a prayer and our whole entire church family is going to pray it together. And then I'm going to ask you, for those of you who said this for the first time or feel like you need to come back to God, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand after we pray this prayer at this time. So come on, as a church family, can we pray this together? Say, Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. For loving me so much. For loving me so much. For dying on a cross. For dying on a cross. I believe. I believe. You're the Son of God. You're the Son of God. You rose from the dead. You rose from the dead. And in simple faith. And in simple faith. I receive your incredible grace. I receive your incredible I grace. I turn to you. I turn to Away you. from trusting me. Away from trusting me. Not my good works. Not my good works. Your good works. Your good works. Make me your child. Make me your child. Fill me with your grace. Fill me with your grace. From this day on. Let me know you. Let me know Help, you. Me Help me walk with you for the, for the rest of my life. For the rest of my life. 
Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. With eyes closed all across this place. If you meant business with God in here, I'm going to ask you to quickly raise your hand and raise it up high all across this place. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Hands going up all across this place. Thank you, that one in the front there and those on the side. And thank you, those two over there. That's awesome today. Thank you. Lots of hands going up. Anyone else today? I'm just waiting on. I just want to, I just want to see your hand and kind of recognize it as a, as a step of faith from you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, man. That's awesome. Thank you, man. That's awesome today. Yeah, praise God for you. Why don't you put your hand down? Father, I thank you for every hand, every heart, every man, every woman. In the name of Jesus, bless your people now. Strengthen them. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, Church Alive. Let's give all those people a hand who say yes to Christ today. Praise God. Praise God.